hello everybody, this is another episode, it's June 19th, and this is another episode of Fan with the Fan Bite Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Steven Strom, I am joined today by Nikki Grayson. Hi. How are you doing? Good. My um, my actual new name is um, Kid from Kid and Play. I play because I'm a gamer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm actually I'm Jane from Breaking Bad. Yes. <laughs> Which and nothing else say is is like a really weird pull. It's so strange. Like you don't go to Jessica Jones or like like the B in Apartment Twenty Three. Like you go to to Jane from Breaking Bad. <laughs> do do you think that's a thing where it's just like, well, I don't want to like name a character that's like popular like she looks the same in everything she, she does but it's like maybe they thought it was more like a dunk if they, if they were like well i'm gonna i don't want to admit that i watched jessica jones because that's got a lady oh. character oh i see because she's the main character yeah. and that's bad also for me. also someone i was like oh i wonder how many um like pale white women with uh bangs people can name on youtube mm-hmm. and i was like oh we'll see like at least two at least and then two. i was like i was like how many uh like black men with um high top fades can they name just the uh, one. one and then someone just was like actually it's like half because they didn't know which it was that had the mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, which, oh, yeah. which one is kid which one is play who knows no one's quite sure i literally don't know either but also neither well, of you, you look are anything you a like big those 80s people. hip-hop guy i am not i had to google well, then, kid and play um, to, to win <laughs> okay. that when i saw that thing i was just like what is kid i've heard the phrase kid and play what is kid it's and an play old gaming console by mm-hmm. atari mm-hmm. It's a it's a real LMFAO red foo and sky blue situation. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I don't think I actually introduced you. This is Joan Jett uh, here on this podcast. Uh, from, Jesus! Oh my uh, God! Jesus. <laughs> Merit, no, that's Merritt K. Thank you for joining hey, us as up? usual. Oh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm okay. I slept in. I'm, this is my first day back after I took some time off after E3, and I am um, wow, uh, just uh, tired <laughs> still. <laughs> I think we all are, right? Like, I don't think that's I don't think that's uh, hard to admit for any of us. Like, it's E three is tough, <laughs> and it was a bit it was like, and you and I had to like travel back. Nikki, you had the advantage of at least like basically sleeping in your own bed every night, even uh-huh. after the show, right? So yeah, I just yeah, I can't imagine. I cannot possibly imagine traveling for that show. I like. I can't wait for PAX. No. <laughs> oh my fucking god! Oh, no. hey, hey, you want to know? Uh, before PAX, even I'm going to Tenocon on July. Oh uh, hell yeah! 6th, so there's that. Where's that Teno? Is that in Canada? That's in Canada. I'm going to the land of merit. I'm going to Barrett's homeland. Would you like to hear a fun story about me and digital extremes? Okay. Yes. So I got an email from my university. Uh, maybe like four months before I applied to this job Mm -hmm. that said, because like the career center at my university like still works with you for like a year and a half or whatever after you graduate. Oh, nice. Um, which is like very kind of them. Yeah. Um, but whatever. For, what, so they emailed me and they were like You did like pay this. them a lot of money, I imagine. Uh-huh. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, the, it's literally the least they can do. Yeah. Um, so they sent me an email and they were like, the video game company Digital Extremes um, would like to speak to you. And I was like, okay, sh- sure. Um, and then I was like, can you forward the forward the email that they sent to you to me? And then it was very obviously and very clearly a spam email. Oh, no. And I was like, you can't, this is, this is nothing. I was very excited to learn about Warframe. And then I was like, wait, no, I don't, I don't need to. I mean, that seems like it's probably a cool place to work. 
from everything I've seen yeah. there. Like if you had maybe if it had been like some kind of job offer or something that, that something we'll never useful, know and not just a literal waste of your time, literally paying uh-huh. your college to to waste your time for you. Yep. Oh. Merritt, did you ever get any spam emails from your college? Oh no, never. They never hit me up for money. Oh ever. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fa- famously, not a thing colleges ever do. <laughs> Oh, yeah, boy. no. Um, yeah, I just get emails. You know, I just get the typical emails, like reunions, or like sometimes mm. I'll get like, oh, someone from our school invented a new kind of laser. Mm. Uh, and I'm like, well, that's <laughs> the not really to my... laser. The sequel to <laughs> laser <lasers> too. too. <laughs> Light and sound. Sound and it's, they put sound in this one. <laughs> they put sound. <laughs> Laser 2 colon, they put sound in this one. It's, it, that reminds me of, like, do, do you remember those rides that would be like, this is a 4D experience? Uh-huh. Because mm-hmm. it was like, you got in, like, a thing that moved, and there was a TV screen, and there was, like, sound and also, like, fog that shot at you. Like, I yeah. don't know what oh, the fourth yeah. D was. I think maybe it was the The fog. fourth dimension is spit. <laughs> <laughs> it really feels like Jar Jar Binks is spitting on you. It's just spitting on you. Mm-hmm. That's every single ride at Universal Studios. I think I was telling Pat Gill this when we were at Giant Uh Bomb last week. But every single ride at Universal Studios, you get some version of wet on. It doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wait, have we talked about about Universal Studios on this podcast before? I don't think so. Maybe? Maybe? Maybe. It feels like something we would talk about. I I went to Florida, like, a lot as a kid. Not a lot. Like, a couple of times. And um, I... Like, I never went on roller coasters, so I was, like, obsessed with, like, the movie rides. Mm. Like, but I don't think any of them exist anymore. So, like, the E.T. one, I don't know if that still exists. Damn. Rest in peace. In Hollywood, they turned the E.T. ride into the Mummy ride, which is legitimately a oh, good roller coaster. Oh, you know coaster. what? We have talked about this because yeah. um, we I was talking about the Florida one, and then you were like, oh, no, it still exists. And it, the whole time you were talking about the California one. I do remember Oh. This. Right. Okay. Because, yeah, I've only been to Cal- the California one, and I was literally thinking to myself, wait, was, have I been to Florida? Because, like, I remember going to <laughs> Universal something, but are there two? Yeah, there are two. <laughs> there are two. I I definitely saw the backdraft ride, which is just like a big room Damn. that they put you in, and then they shoot fire out real good. Um, they they had fire. to escort me out of the backdraft ride. What? Wait, Why? Really? On a because <laughs> you're like I'm too afraid of Ron Howard. Like he's got dead those dead eyes. <laughs> they were like, so you go, so at least at the Hollywood one, you go through the thing, and they're like, this is a fire hydrant, basically. They're like, here's some shit from a fire, like a firefighter movie, and then they're like, all right, now you're in the big room. We're gonna set this room on fire. Also, if you have asthma, we have to escort you out now. Oh my so god! So they had to escort me out. Oh no! So I'll never know what fire looks like. Right. It's the only place you can see, still see fire, um, yeah, in its natural habitat. Uh, it's, it's an endangered species. Uh, yeah, uh, video games happened. You know, we were at, like, like you know, E3, we were in California, all three of us at the same time. Uh, all where, at the same time. Where they, that's where they keep Universal um, Studios. It's where they contain it, but it's also where they keep the video games. That's where they come from. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of them. And, yeah. What you-, <laughs> you know what they say, Hollywood, the city of stars, <laughs> home of the video games. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yep, that's what they. That is what they do say. They did have to amend. They legally had to amend the slogan for the <laughs> city uh, in 1992. When um, I don't know what's a 1992 video game. What's a good? What's a good joke that I could have made there? Video but, games <laughs> that came out in 1992. Once Mario was born, they had to. Super Mario. Oh, Dune Two. Okay. 
Dude, a Mortal Kombat came out in 1992. Hell yeah, there you go. Well, that's a Chicago thing, though. So it's a I Chicago don't know. joint. That is Shit. a Chicago joint. Mario, as we all know, is a Californian, though. So yeah, <laughs> famous famously loves surfing uh, and showing his feet um, and hanging out with Sonic. Like like what to do? all the things that you can do in California. This is nothing. What am I saying? <laughs> there is a video game that came out in 1992 called Capcom's Gold Medal Challenge 92. Okay. Whoa. Is that like a... That's got to be like a sports collection. Yeah, thing, it was right? an Olympics... It was loosely based on the 1992 Summer Olympics in Barcelona. <laughs> How do you loosely base... <laughs> It's in the same way that Mario and Sonic is loosely based on the Olympics. Like, there isn't really, like, a hedgehog competing in the Olympics, probably. (laughs) Legally, they can't say that uh, hedgehogs are allowed to compete. Uh, Dogs, perfectly fine. Hedgehogs, no. There's nothing in the rulebook that says a dog can't play, but there is something in the rulebook that says a hedgehog can't play. Yeah, Yeah, so, like, the dog um, Sonic can can do it. Is there a (laughs) dog Sonic? Are there yes, right? dogs in Sonic? I'm just searching Dog Sonic. <laughs> dog Sonic. Isn't there, isn't, isn't uh, there a dog in okay. Sonic 06? Doesn't uh, you, the you lady that he kisses have a dog? Oh. Oh, no. No. Oh, no. There is a real dog in Sonic 06, like just a normal human dog. Oh, no. Like a, not a human dog, but like a, a real dog dog. Like a JPEG of a dog. Um, yeah, like that Ace you Combat have to 7. rescue. Uh-huh. You, have to, you have to find. Also, search- Is that not the dog in the, in the profile picture for Ken... You pet the dog? It no, that's be. Silent Hill 2. That's Silent Hill 2 dog. Oh, oh okay. I just okay. searched dog Sonic, and I'm going to tell you the, the top five things that come up. And none of them are, no, none of them are that. Okay. So don't worry. <laughs> okay. The first one is a picture of a dog in a Sonic the Hedgehog costume, which is very cute. Uh, okay. The, All right. The second one is a character named Ben Mutsky. Who is, that, is a dog. Okay. That is not an OC. Uh-huh. That, is an, that is a Capcom it's a original. It's a real a, a Sonic, Sonic character. From Sonic the Hedgehog, number 254. Oh. And uh, he is a, uh, yeah, he's a Tracy Yardley. Um, and, yeah, um, so he, he's a dog. He's a dog man. All of my results for dog Sonic are for the hot dogs at the drive-in restaurant. Yeah, so the third one is also a dog wearing a Sonic costume. The fourth one is Sonic's chili dog problem. And then the last one is just a, a hot dog from Sonic. Hey. Wait, okay. Sonic's chili dog problem could be about the hedgehog or the restaurant. Oh, wait. I do want to show you guys this one because it's uh, someone drew Sonic as a dog, but oh, not boy. as like a. Hmm. Not oh. as like an anthropomorphic dog. Yeah, I think I'm looking at it now. Are you looking at that one now? I'm it's like just... a Doberman kind of thing? Oh, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. it is. And it's like drawn with marker. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> In case you're wondering why I made Sonic as a dog, it's an RP thing. So, yes, this is none other than Sonic the dog. I hate Sonic it. Uh, I am also looking at a picture of Ben Mutsky here at the top of Google Image Search, and that is just Tails in a dog costume. Like, <laughs> Tails is already no, uh, already an anthropomorphic animal, but in his he's universe, fox, he's still yeah. a furry. A furry. And a, a fox is, like, almost a dog. Like, if you do that Russian experiment thing where you keep breeding foxes for domesticity eventually they become dogs mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think that's I mean, how that works isn't silver a fox what is silver he's a hedgehog silver hedgehog. oh silver the hedgehog yeah okay he's just really high 
Okay. <laughs> That's why his head looks like that. He smoked so much weed that his head turned into, like, a giant weed leaf. Okay, that explains it, because I was confused. I thought he had gone Ultra Instinct. Uh, no, he also got head. superpower. He also got, like, psychic powers from just, like, Sonic so the much. Hedge... Sorry. Shadow the Hedge... No, Ultra Silver Instinct? the Hedgehog. Silver the Hedgehog. Is... That's He's a... from 200 years in the future? Oh. Yeah. That's how long it took regular Sonic to achieve Ultra Instinct. He meditated for 200 <laughs> years. He gave one God. million punches of gratitude every day to the martial arts and uh, oh learned how God. to be- ascend to Ultra Instinct. These fucking Dragon Ball Super references that, like, I don't understand because I never watched it. <sighs> oh, well, and this hey, is- how old do you think Silver the Hedgehog is? Four. Merit? Uh, 13. Oh, I found it. He's 14 years old. Yeah, Price is Right rules. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, also, Merritt, I do want to say I, I, that is my fault. I did muddy the water. Ultra Instinct is a Dragon Ball thing. A hundred, uh, like a million punches of gratitude to the martial arts is a Hunter Hunter thing. So I was, uh, I was, uh, I was conflating my two things. I, didn't I see. Want... Well, that's not your the fault. Same show, basically. Ah. You know what? That's a different podcast. We're gonna have a different podcast about why, well, how I feel Look, about that. There's, there's a child, and he turns into a man. And he's powerful. Turn into so a man, and he's powerful. That's the same show. That's yeah. You um, know what? You got me. This got, state is far more hair. stronger than X twenty Super Saiyan Ko Ken. Okay, can I just say, <sighs> Dragon Ball got stupid. Yeah, it like, did. I love it. I love Dragon Ball, but like, wow, it got real dumb. The thing about Super is that Super knows it got dumb and just leans way into both into the dumbness and acknowledging for the fa- for the people who have grown up with Dragon Ball that they know it's dumb. Yeah, uh, and I like that, but I still like I don't know. It's just still sad that like oh, it's just all Goku. It's yeah. the Goku show. Yeah. <laughs> like Oops, all Goku whenever it's sucks. like oh, is anyone but Goku gonna do something? Like the whole thing with um. The, I hate to relitigate Dragon Ball Z, but like I did just play the new Dragon Ball Z game last week, so it's mm-hmm. on my mind. It, it, no, and this counts as video game content now. Yeah, so like the whole thing with like the Cell Saga when Goku dies and he's like, mm-hmm. "Gohan, you have to do it now," and he's like, oh, "I don't want to, Dad," and he's like, "You have to," um, and he does it. Then it's like, "Oh, Gohan's gonna be the new protector of no, nope, Goku's no." Still for, for, for like a minute, he's a terrible superhero. Yeah, and then. Uh, and then Goku comes yeah. back and is a Super Saiyan three. So yeah, uh, no, that, yeah. that that part of that is like literally the worst part about Super is that that Super Super sucks. Is that like yeah? Oh, it's just it's oops all Gokus. Like it it's is, oops it really all Gokus is. and some Vegetas. It's just Saiyans. And it's then like, <sighs> Vegeta still gets his ass kicked in the end, like all the time. Yeah. Like Vegeta always like kind of steps up, and then the bad guy powers up and kill, kills Vegeta, and then Goku's like I'm stronger now because Vegeta died. Yeah. So I did play that Dragon Ball game. Oh, cool. You want to talk about it? How was it? Uh, it was like, it was kind of, it was like fine. Here's the thing. Like, I don't know. I feel like I've played this game before. Like, it plays a lot like Xenoverse, as far as I remember Xenoverse playing. So, like, it's a three-dimensional uh, one. It's not like, they were very explicit that they're like, okay, so this isn't like a tournament fighter. It's a single-player experience, and like, so it's a lot more like an RPG where, like, your opponents are like much stronger than you like you're basically just doing boss battles right. for like most of the game i think there are like random enemies you encounter which is kind of weird but like 
Um, Who Goku should just be able to, like, flick his finger at and kill instantly, right? Like, Well, you fight, like, I feel like in the intro thing, like, I played, because it starts with, it's just, like, the Goku story, like, again, which is a little, like, okay. But, I mean, it's um, literally called Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, right? It's which like is a terrible name. name. It's so bad. Um, that's also not his name. Like, it's super on, not. Guys. Like, only not one person name. calls him that, and it's kind yeah. of an insult. Um. So, yeah, I fought, like, I think Red Ribbon robots oh um and so i was like flying around with piccolo and like we're looking for raditz because i think that's how the game starts mm-hmm. and um you do the raditz fight for like the millionth time in a dragon ball game and it's the same basically like there's a lot of just like um you chain combos and then do like a kamehameha and like you're whittling down his health bar um and i will say like it was very like visceral like it's probably like in terms of feeling like a dragon ball episode the most of any game I've ever played because it's very like when you hit someone into the ground they like definitely skid and like mm. create like a huge crater which is really cool um they said that it's more of like it's not a true open world game but like there is like open world stuff like there are like quests you can do for characters the things that I'm interested in and the things that would get me to actually like buy this game are like the things that they're adding. So, like, there's all this stuff where, like, Goku meets characters from the original Dragon Ball who weren't in Z. Right. Which I think is a really cool idea. Like, um, Aider is in that trailer. Like, the, yeah. the Frankenstein man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's also stuff where, like, you can, like, hunt dinosaurs and go fishing and then, like, cook. Like, you catch a giant fish and then cook it. And I'm like, yeah, that's Goku. Like, give me that Goku. Because, go- like, I want a mini game where I have to eat, like, a million rice balls, you know? <laughs> like, that is, like, to give me power for the next fight. Like, do a Monster Hunter thing like that. Oh, totally, um, yeah. Oh, God, that... like a Monster Hunter game where, yeah, you had to power up, like, yeah, yeah, just every, like, Raditz and Frieza are just, like, Rathalos and Legiano <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and you have to just, like, eat a lot beforehand. But, um, yeah, so that stuff is interesting to me. The, like, actual storyline, I'm like, okay, well, I've seen this, like, a million times, and, like, there's only so many times you can tell that story. Um, And also, like, I liked Xenoverse because it was kind of just, like, okay, we're just going to, like, kind of fuck with the storyline, and, like, we're just fully going fan service of, like, hey, what if you were Goku's best friend? Mm -hmm. Um, Like, you personally. And that was really cool. And this one where you're, like, you are Goku is, like, yeah... I mean, well, because Xenoverse is like tons of time travel and weird yeah, shenanigans. Yeah, yeah. They're just like, what is the way that we can get your OC into like every single Dragon Ball fight? <laughs> right. And it's really good. Like, it was such a, like, I was about to say beautiful, which is like, oh my God. But, um, <laughs> Goku is As beautiful. someone who was obsessed with Dragon Ball as a kid and also like played on like a Dragon Ball role-playing like mud, um, being able to like create my Dragon Ball OC like as an actual character in a game was so fucking cool. Um and I don't know. Then just being Goku again, it's like, yeah, yeah. Like th- if they lean into the open worldy like narrative stuff, that'll be really great. If it's just like you fight Frieza for the hundredth time, I'll pass. Basically, that that is the super weird thing. So you got to play the game. I just saw the like the the demo thing with you in the theater uh, at E3, yeah. and that was the weird thing to me. Is from that that uh, uh, preview that they were showing was they were like really leaning hard into like. Hey, this is a single player game. So that means Raditz can be more powerful than you at the beginning. So, you know, he won't be balanced to fight you or whatever. And you're going to finally you'll be able to go through the entire Dragon Ball saga. And it's just the way they were talking about it was like very much, 
hey, we've never done this before, or it's been a long time since we've done this, and it's just like, no. No, you guys did, like, there was like four I mean, generations of game video game consoles yeah. where you did nothing but that, that. That is exactly what Xenoverse was. Yeah. Um, and to a lesser extent, like, even the games on, like, the Wii and, like, I want to say PS3, PS2, I forget. The one, uh, the fighting game that was, like, a Wii launch um, title was kind of like that, too. Like Budokai or Tenkaichi? Or... Yeah, it was, like, a 3D one, but they split the difference between, like, making, like, some characters were weaker than others, but also, like, it was possible to beat anyone with anyone. Mm-hmm. So, like, this one, they're just really, like... Um, I don't know, like, yeah, characters can be stronger than you. And it's like, okay, yeah, that's Dragon Ball. <laughs> I guess. It looks very nice. It looks pretty. I No, it does look pretty. And, like, yeah, I will say, like, it feels really cool. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. The Dragon Ball's been on my mind because of that, I guess. Okay. Nikki, uh, did you get to see anything cool at D3? Any Dragon Balls? No Dragon Balls, but I did see a game that historically does have dragons in it. Oh, let me tell you about the good word surrounding Elder Scrolls Blades. So, oh, no. Elder Scrolls Nikki. Blades is a video game um, hand coded, I think, by Todd Howard. No, um, he made it that on is a, now- like over a weekend <laughs> in his spare time. Yeah, <laughs> over the weekend uh, that is now coming to Nintendo Switch, and y'all, y'all, yeah, what the fuck. <laughs> Like, I didn't know anything about this game, and my, my introduction to it was watching a Jim Sterling video about it, and, like, what the fuck, guys? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, you made, a, you made a mobile game, which, like, okay, yeah, are manipulative and, like, terrible most of the time, but, like, people love. Like, mm-hmm. if you just put JPEGs in them, people love that shit. And yeah. then you made a mobile game that, like, everyone hates. Like, because it's just opening chests. Like, it's not like and, it's not like just downloading a new wife or husband. It's like you got a new uh, stick. So it's in the chest. Nikki, maybe you can you can explain this to me better. But like, my understanding is that game is just like basically slow, bad Infinity Blade, right? Like, it's, it's it is it is exactly that. Yeah. Imagine Infinity Blade, but like you said, slow and bad, and with no character. Cool, awesome. It it is staggering how how bad the video game feels like like i don't the audacity (laughs) of releasing this game for the switch a console on which you can already play skyrim you can play full ass skyrim unbelievable like on the on mobile okay maybe maybe there is someone for whom this watered down elder scrolls experience is like the closest they can get you can play skyrim and like the full ass Skyrim, it's like the special edition with all the DLC. And no, and as we we discussed at E3, no one in the world has beaten Skyrim. You still have more Skyrim to play. If you're listening to this <laughs> yeah. right now, I know you you have more more. You're not Elder done Scrolls with content. that game yet. You're not done with it, so just go play that. It's on sale right now as we're recording. It's thirty dollars. It is. It's staggering how fundamentally they seem to misunderstand what was interesting and cool about the Elder Scrolls in a way that is very similar to me, at least in how they completely bungled 76, Mm. which was another complete misunderstanding of what people liked about the fallout video games, Mm -hmm. which is to say they like the fact that it's open. They like the fact that they, you can go around and basically do whatever you want. And I understand that like, okay, sure. You're constrained by the fact that this game has to run on like a galaxy S four or whatever the fuck. But like it, it just, it, it's an on rails 
basically it is a real-time combat situation but is so slow that it feels turn-based and it is it just feels so bad oh and it's so bad they themselves also, it looks like trash oh yeah it's it's a bad looking game but they themselves have like i mean made i i think fallout shelter is a bad game but people really like fallout shelter there was a, a like, lot of large, people really like it yeah, yeah. right and that is a game that is not, it does not play like a, a Fallout game, but it takes elements of the Fallout game that people likes and, or that, that people like and turns it into a different kind of experience. This is, Elder Scrolls Blades is they took the one aspect of all the Elder Scrolls games everybody hates, which is the combat, and then built a game around that. Like, you could yeah. have made a, you could have made a text adventure. You could have made like a, like a, a fallen London style thing where it's like, oh, see weird adventures in this world or whatever. Instead, it's like, what if you, uh, swiped a sword across the screen, and it felt exactly as good as it does in Skyrim, which is to say bad. Uh, but way slower, and you can't move wherever you want. Uh, My other favorite thing is that there are also... I think you can swipe the screen, but I didn't try to swipe the screen. I used the buttons, right? which, seems... which is not the intentional, the intended way to play it, I feel, <laughs> because every single motion is, like, two movements. So you press the, and hold the button to, like, bring your sword up. Then it, there's a beat. And then you, I guess, keep pressing and holding it to bring the sword down, and then that was one motion. <sighs> and then you have to unpress the trigger and then do it again. It okay, just... wait, sir. Are you saying they made somehow made uh, like Elder Scrolls combat worse? Worse. Worse. Yes. Oh, cool. It's like just make it Morrowind if you're gonna do like it's worse. How? Oh, I don't God. understand. <sighs> they they have put skyrim on everything that has a computer chip Skyrim's in it. if you on, told me like apple watches already basically yeah if you told me that you could run skyrim on a ti-84 i'd be like yeah that tracks yeah. sure literally last like, year's e3 they ma- they had an entire extended bit about how yeah. they have skyrim on literally everything like and then they put skyrim out on the Am- uh, amazon alexa or on whatever. alexa yeah i just i just don't know who this video game is for right clearly people are playing it um, because they're still spending money on it and still developing it, but like I, I just don't understand what the move is to put this game on the Switch. If you're then, you could just play Skyrim, right? <sighs> did so. Moving on from that, just a little bit. Did anybody, <laughs> Merritt? Did you play anything at uh, play or see anything at uh, E3 that you liked that you just yeah, actually were really surprised no? By? I mean, I mean, okay. Like Dragon Ball was like okay. Um, at the at the Namco Bandai booth, I also played uh, Code Vein, which like was interesting to me, and I'm gonna like wait and see because um, I feel like those style of like anime games could go either way, but it really feels like they're trying to push it as like a Dark Souls competitor almost, which is weird because they published Dark Souls. Right. Um, it's it's very weird to me. It seemed like oh, this is a thing that a company that isn't. Nemco Bandai would do, <laughs> but like okay, this is for the people who love anime, I guess. Um, but also Dark Souls, so it's like you're an anime vampire after the apocalypse or something, and um, and everyone it, in the world is thirsty. Yeah, everyone, everyone everywhere is thirsty. But the setting is kind of cool. Like it, it, it's Dark Soulsy, I guess, but in like an anime way of like, oh yeah, you're a vampire. All your friends are vampires, and you. Um, you feed on like monsters and if you like go too far like if you fuck up or something you become one of those monsters i guess which is very like bloodborne-y um, oh yeah but it is very pretty um it's got kind of a like, cel-shaded look right it's kind of cel-shaded and like very weird because there's so much customization and like 
so many different like pieces of equipment even in the demo and like you have like like I was playing I th- there's character customization and it looks like pretty deep um, but I was playing as this dude who was like wearing a gas mask but also had like a coat like hanging down over his shoulders like a celeb um, speaking you know? of Namco games that let you make your OC yeah. yeah, like a celeb, you know, like wearing your jacket down without your arms in the sleeves. And uh, right. like a Kardashian, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, But the thing about that coat was that the sleeves turned into dragons to eat monsters. <laughs> um, and there were like six different coats I could be wearing that did different things like that. And I was did, like, this they is turned a into very... different dragons. Yeah, this is a, like a weird... So like, I feel like, you know, video games have a pretty clear-cut like equipment set up most of the time. Like, oh, armor, shield boots and this one is like coat that turns into dragons that you don't actually wear uh which is cool uh very hard very very hard i kept dying so like oh um, really we'll see we'll see um but that that was pretty cool um i really love bee simulator i thought that was like so great um it's like a non-violent uh edge kind of educational narrative driven game about bees and like it's not like a simulator in like the goat simulator sense. It's more like, oh no, you are a bee and you fly around collecting pollen um, mm-hmm. and like doing bee dances because bees dance. Um, and uh, you're like flying around Central Park and it's really pretty. Oh, really? Okay. That's the part that, because this is what, Big Ben Studios or Big Ben whatever uh, company? Yeah. It's, uh, B- Big Ben is the publisher. Yeah. And I, I feel like uh, a lot of their games kind of tend to be a little bit, uh, I don't want to say budget necessarily, but like definitely well, not. Th- they're in like the double A okay. or like single A kind of territory for sure. And even the developer of, um, of Beast Simulator was like, yeah, like that's the kind of like area we're trying to hit. Um, and they're doing a physical release, which is kind of interesting. Right. Like, it's not the kind of game that I would expect to get one. But, like, yeah, like, all their stuff um, was sort of, like, in that that range. Like, I played some of their other games, too, like Paranoia um, and then Sinking City as well. And then Sinking City is out, like, next week or something like that. That's it's out, out very, very soon. soon, yeah. How was that? Did you like that at all? Uh, yeah, it was kind of cool. Like, so it's by uh, Frogwares, who are the Sherlock Holmes people. And it is, like, I really like the detective parts because they're, like, there's some, like, just actual, like, basic research of, like, oh, you have to go into a newspaper archive and, like, search by different categories and things to find information you need. But then you also have, like, powers where, like, you kind of, like, go back in time and, like, can recreate kind of, like, the, the chain of events that happened in a particular place. Huh. Um, which is, is kind of cool. Um, I think there's some kind of mind palace thing, which is definitely amazing because I super, super saw like uh, a pop-up come up that was like, like node added to mind palace. And I was like, please God, let me do that. (laughs) Let me make everyone leave so I can go into my mind palace. Um, But uh, the combat was like kind of janky. And I was like, why is there combat in this game? Like it's kind of any any Lovecraftian game where you're just like pull out like a cult 45 and are just like blasting away at unknowable <laughs> horrors I'm just like really is yeah. that what you should be doing um but uh also there's like some weird stuff about like okay it's 2019 we all know HP Lovecraft's politics were like terrible he's a bad mm-hmm. dude like and not just like like com- like in comparison to modern day but like for his time he was like super terrible um 
so that's the question whenever you adapt his stuff is like, okay, how do you deal with that? Because it's pretty baked in. And their answer feels like to kind of like use that. Yeah. And I'm not sure how that's going to play out. Like, I'll have to see. Because the whole setup is like, okay, so Innsmouth, which in Lovecraft stuff is like the town of like the fish people. Has <laughs> and, been... and Lovecraft's like giant metaphor for how he doesn't like poor people. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So that town has, like, collapsed or been destroyed. So all the fish people move to uh, this other city that's run by, like, ape people who are, like, right. rich white people, basically. Right. Um, and there's all this, like, these enmities between these two groups of people. Uh, at one point, this candidate for mayor definitely says that, oh, we need to make, like, I figure the city's name is like Oakmont, maybe. He's like, we need to make Oakmont great again. So I'm like, okay, so you're definitely cool. just leaning into that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Um, so it's like, yeah, it's like, okay, well, this could work really well. Like this, if you actually like use that to like tell some kind of story about like difference, or it could just like fall really flat and be really terrible. <laughs> right. And I feel like I just couldn't tell based on like the short demo. Um, I, I, th- I want to say, like, I feel like there, I mean, there are a lot of H.P. Lovecraft games at this point, like games, board games, like card games, whatever. And I, th- I feel like, generally speaking, the quote-unquote solution to dealing with how terrible Lovecraft was is to just kind of ignore it and just, like, yeah, take they the aesthetic. Just, yeah, they just take the aesthetic of, like, weird monsters and stuff. But, like, the problem with that is that, <laughs> like, it's not just, like, oh, he has, like, really racist depictions of actual people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like the monster stuff is like partly about racism. It's, um, it's baked in racism yeah. and classism and all kinds of stuff. Like you, so, you mentioned, yeah. you mentioned the eight people, and that was something I specifically wanted to point out because uh, that is a. I've seen a demo for this game where where it's like, yeah, the, there's like an ape man who is like a super rich white dude who's like talking about like, oh yes, my distinct heritage is very, you know, blah blah blah. Like he's he's very much seems like a, a racist old white man, but he's also like a gorilla guy, which is mm-hmm. like a very clear reference to facts concerning the late Arthur German and his family, uh, an old Lovecraft short story that is like the complete opposite of that, where it's like. That is a very racist uh, one of one of his more sure, racist yeah. uh, short stories, uh, where the where the big reveal at the end is extremely bad, and, and it seems like yeah they're they're kind of like flipping that on its head and kind of like trying to use it uh, in a different way, like very very directly, uh, like just again yeah. like just straight up using those kinds of characters and stuff like that, and then just like well what if what if instead of like that character turning out to be like a big giant metaphor for like how hp lovecraft didn't like you know people of different races in relationships what if instead that guy was like a shithead uh, weird politician yeah you so get yeah to use a, you get to go on a boat oh they got boats in this they got they got boat- boats. <laughs> i oh, will wow. say the setting is like pretty cool of just like it's a city that's like half underwater and so like you have to basically use like a little dinghy to get around um which is kind of cool also i just read in the wiki page that um uh, apparently bullets have replaced money as the currency in the city (laughs) so if you so you're literally like firing your your money like in a mystical ninja where you throw money at people oh is it it's like a metro thing too oh yeah like the metro Um, game that's weird also, I kind of I was asking the guy if they were going to do any like um, fourth wall thing with the sanity effects because I feel like 
sanity effects in games are mostly like if they're just like oh things pop up or whatever it's like okay um but like just go full eternal darkness and just like make me think that my safe has been erased <laughs> just like really fuck with the like fuck with the player right like right. not just like the character so i don't know if they're gonna do that um but i guess we'll see anyway uh nikki uh, yeah. Did you play anything that you liked, actually liked? I did. I did play some video games that I did enjoy. Um, I played some Doom Eternal. Ooh. Which, that's, they, they made another Doom, which is great, because Doom 2016 was extremely good. Um, I was telling Andrew, like, because we did that demo together, um, and I was saying that, like, I came to Doom pretty late. I didn't play Doom 2016 until 2017, like towards the end of the year. And I was like, oh, this was a mistake. This game, this game rules. <laughs> yeah. Um, As it turns out, that game is extremely fucking good. It's very good. Um, and they've added a bunch. It seems like most of the the things that they've added as far as like straight gameplay goes is that you have a bunch of abilities like doom guy found a room i guess with a jetpack and shit in it i don't know uh-huh. <laughs> but you can double jump from the like from the get-go you can like climb on walls you have a flamethrower you have a grappling like the sh- the shotgun's alt fire is a grappling hook that you can use either to pull people towards you or to pull yourself towards people um it rules it's just it, i will say the demo was kind of frustrating because they do an that demo does an awful job of tutorializing you oh. on any of that stuff because it gives you all of them at once and then it's like here walk through this like infinite dark space where it's like okay so we've just put every single ability back to back to back anyway now here you go get out there uh you need to grapple hook but we're not going to remind you what button the grappling hook is were you, so anyway were you playing on a controller um, or a keyboard keyboard okay there's so many buttons on a keyboard. Do y'all know that? Yeah. It's like a bunch There's of them. There's a few, yeah. There's at least The controller, <laughs> at least, the controller, uh, we were told, would crash the game, which was also an issue with <laughs> the Wolfenstein Youngblood demo uh, that we were, huh. that we did. Oh. Um, Bethesda, but yeah, what's up? it's Doom. Hey, Bethesda, what's up lately? Huh? <laughs> hey, guys. Are you okay Are you over okay? there? <laughs> Can I say, though, okay? I, one of my favorite things about the Doom reboot is that uh, the demons have like a mythology about Doom Guy. Yeah. Uh huh. Like Doom Slayer. So <laughs> They're so scared of him. <laughs> <laughs> like um, one of my favorite uh, YouTube memes right now is the uh, Homer coming into like it's like the clip from The Simpsons where he's like Bart, I don't want to alarm you, but there may be a boogeyman or boogeyman <laughs> in the house. Uh, but it's just like him, like just different audio, and one of them is just like. Homer tells Bart about the Doomslayer. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's just like leaning in, just like in the fourth age, one man shows the path of suffering. And like, it just keeps getting like red and like zooms in closer and closer. Um, oh boy. It's yeah. very good. Yeah. Rip and he grunts oh. a lot in this one. He makes so many noises. Oh, really? No one, and I don't know how I that. feel about it. He shouldn't. Yeah. yeah, he he should have like no. You know, Doom guy doesn't breathe, right? Like if he went out no. into space, he would just like grab an asteroid and ride it back into a pinky or something yeah, like that. Yeah, hundred percent. Like that scene in Halo Two or Three. Yeah, Three. Where Master Chief gets on the fight. bomb. Kind of it's exactly like that. end of two, beginning of three. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You also see Doom guy's face, which oh, is. No 
incorrect. You hate to see it. You hate to see it. I do. I do By hate I to see it. Face. He's very sweaty in there. No, oh. he doesn't have a face. I mean, yeah. I guess in his original incarnation, no, he, he literally a has face. a face. Um, yeah, he gets sick when he gets hurt too much. Yeah. He gets a bloody nose and he's very upset about it. Um, um, yeah. That was, I left that old, like, um, health meter kind of convention in games. I mean, you also had, like, a regular health meter, but I feel like there were a bunch of first-person shooters that were, like, like that, or you had, like, mm-hmm. a face. Um, I, I think the Alien vs. Predator game did that, too, like, the original one on the Jaguar. Oh, God. Uh, let me just look it up. Did That game was actually, like, I've never played it, but it looks sick. Like, it basically looks like Doom, except you can be a Marine an alien or a predator like look it up it looks it still looks like actually very cool i think while you do that google search i have um some words from the doom wiki that i would just like to share with all of you okay Uh uh-huh doom slayer from the doom 2016 video game is intended to be the latest iteration and continuation of the classic doom marine bj blaskowitz the third who has been the main right. protagonist for most of the series and who, according to Tom Hall, who worked on the original Doom, is the son or grandson of Commander Keen. Right, yes. So this was a thing we talked about a little bit at E3. Yeah, I knew there was some kind of connection between all of these franchises, uh, but yeah, I, I couldn't remember the exact genealogy. So thank you, Nikki, for pulling that up. Yeah. And for reminding is me the... that they're making a new fucking Commander Keen game that is definitely not a yeah, Commander so Keen Yeah, so are those... Are those are the two kids in Commander Keen Doom guys kids? Well, because they're like even in that tra- we we watched that trailer without audio, so like we don't actually know what we're talking about. But let me just tell you what I think it is, because I'm pretty sure they said <laughs> that those two Commander Keens are like the twin son and daughter of the original Commander Keen. I think. So they're his cousins. Oh, cousins. Okay, so they don't interrupt the uh, Doom mythology at all. So that's good. Huh. Video games, huh? Because Commander Keen is not his Christian name. Commander Keen was like his fake made-up <laughs> name that like, he gave yeah. him. It was like his superhero name. His real name is Billy Blaze. Oh, my God. That's fake. That's <laughs> not true. <laughs> that's real. Bill, Billy, uh, Billy, uh quotation marks blaze blaskowitz the second okay Plus. actually i billy blaze here um oh god so in the new one in the new commander keen mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there are portraits on the wall of oh. um of bj oh, from no. wolfenstein oh. and his daughters oh oh god what wait oh mm. <sighs> So, oh. so so probably Commander Keen's mother is either Jess or Soph Blaskowitz. Oh my god. Holy shit. Oh my god. Mary, you just busted this whole timeline wide open. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's and, so confusing. It, well, what it a also, weird game to bring back. Also, like, who is happy about that? Like, they're like, hey, remember Commander Keen, that weird VGA <laughs> platformer? <laughs> Uh-huh. You loved as a kid that you played only on your cousin's computer when you went over to their house sometimes? Because only someone's cousin ever owned Commander Keen. Nobody 100%. actually owned it. 100%. But also, like, hey, do you remember that game that was, like, a platformer you liked? Uh, it's, like, a mobile gotcha game now. Uh-huh. 
look at these JPEGs. We couldn't figure out how to get the Elder Scrolls characters into JPEGs, but we could figure out how to get Commander Keen into a JPEG. Uh, so we made this for you. What? Yeah, like... The, so the th- hmm. nobody under the age of thirty knows what Commander Keen is. So that that just throw that out the window. Throw out any brand recognition that might that might bring over for that. The mm-hmm. people who mm-hmm. are under like thirty five and over who do know what Commander Keen is, they don't want this, right? Like they don't want this version of this. They want. I have to imagine want- they no. don't know. Yeah, like what is the? There was no one. There was no one over there in that. They had a. They had well. Some clearly someone at Bethesda understood and knew. They only had one station um, in the Commander Keen section, and I went to the Bethesda booth multiple times over the course of the week, and I never saw any people there. Okay, mm, great. Which is bad. Do we know Probably. when? Probably. That... Mm, yeah, I don't. Eventually. Yeah. That's one of the situa- That's one of those games that might already be out in Australia and New Zealand. See, that's what I was going to ask. Was like, is that game already out? Like. Like, can we just download Commander Keen right now? Can we, like, look at it? iOS. Can we get this up on Did the screen? Did you play anything fun, Steven? Oh, God. Uh, I haven't actually talked about anything. Literally, have I? Um, yeah, I played a couple of cool things. I played um, Dragon Quest Builders 2, which I've uh, got a preview of up on the site, and that was very fun. That was a lot more... The, the Square Enix endorsed. The Square Enix endorsed preview, preview of... Uh, Dragon Quest Builders 2. Uh, they are not actually developing it. It is uh, Omega Forces developing Dragon Quest Builders 2, which is the Dynasty Warriors folks are making this one. Um, but yeah, that seems like a lot more of Dragon Quest Builders 1, which is like super cool, except they've addressed like a lot of the problems with the previous game, which, uh, like, you know, Dragon Quest Builders 1 was basically, it was like a very nostalgia-driven Dragon Quest game that took place in an alternate timeline where, at the, in the original Dragon Quest, at the very end of that game, there's a false choice right before you fight the final boss, where the, the final boss is like, hey, join me, and you can rule half the world. Um, oh, yeah. And if you do that, it's basically a, like a, a game over, like the, the Dark Lord like tricks you and, and the world is cast into darkness. Or, it, or if you say, like, no, then you beat him, and then the credits roll and the world is saved. Dragon Quest Builders 1 takes place in the timeline where the where the uh, hero at the end of Dragon Quest 1 was a big dupe and uh, agreed to work with the Dark Lord, and that's the timeline that they're continuing down in Dragon Quest Builders 2. Um, and so you've got, like, a buddy that follows you around everywhere now in this one called Malroth, except Malroth is the final boss of Dragon Quest uh, 1, or of, of the original Dragon Quest 2, so, like, you just have this weird demon man who bites everything that follows you around and uh, helps you fight monsters. And, it, and any, then one of my favorite parts of that whole demo is that uh, anytime you complete an objective, the action pauses, your two characters run up to each other and just leap into the air and give each other, like, the loudest high five in the world <laughs> and then fall back down. And it's like, mission complete! Um <laughs> So you just have, like, this weird demon man friend now, and yeah, that was very fun. Um, uh, what else? I played, like, uh, Man of Medan, which, again, actually, that's kind of my story of E3 at this point, is just that, like, a lot of the games I played feel very much just, like, more of games that are already out, and I feel like maybe that's just, like, the result of this being kind of the end of a console generation at this point. Like, <sighs> Man of Medan is, like, 
very much a sequel to Until Dawn. Like it, it's it doesn't take place in that same universe as far as I know, but it because it's like on a you know you're like five twenty uh, somethings on a on a boat looking for like a ghost ship called the Man of Medan. Uh, and it's kind of an adventure game where you like make different choices in a very Walking Dead Telltale's The Walking Dead style. <clears throat> and um, you know, depending on your choices in the original Until Dawn, you, you know, different characters could die. Literally, everyone in that entire game could could die at any given point. Um, and the story would just keep going, uh, and whatever ending you got would be determined by like who was still alive at the end. Um, a Man of a Dan seems like it's very much in that same thing because it's not following in that same like those same characters or whatever. Uh, this is part of the Dark Pictures anthology, which is like an anthology horror game that uh, Super Massive Games is making. Ah, uh, the Dark Universe. Yeah, it's the, the Dark, dark universe. universe cinematic universe. <laughs> right. Uh, Russell Crowe is there, and he's going to talk about a Dark Universe. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, and and the demo I played just yeah, it was like you you went around. Uh, Bobby Iceman from uh, from the X Men was there. They were so proud of that. <laughs> they were so proud of that. They because you can tell they got Rami Malek is in Until Dawn, but it was like mm-hmm. they got him before Mister Robot. Yep. So like Free, yeah, and he just fucking chews the shit out of that game. Like he chews so much scenery in Until Dawn because <laughs> uh, he's a really major character. And you can tell that like because they got Mr. Robot, they also want to just like continue getting weird guest faces. Uh, except the faces look kind of bad. Like the faces look good, but the eyes don't really emote. Like the mouths move a lot, but the rest of their faces don't. So it's like this like hyper photorealistic looking person. Like it is Bobby Iceman. Um, and he's, like, talking and, like, getting very, you know, excitable about, like, oh, we're being attacked by pirates or whatever. But his, like, it's only the bottom half of his face is moving to show how mm. uh, uh, how f- afraid he is. And it looks very strange. You uh, know, how people go. Mm-hmm. But Until Dawn was really cool. Uh, I really, really liked that game. I was very, very surprised by how much I liked it. Because that started off as, like, a PlayStation Move game for the PS3. And then got delayed to PS4, and they stripped out the move stuff, um, and it ended up becoming like a weird YouTube slash Twitch hit. Uh, so yeah, I, I want more of that. I, I will play another one of those games. I didn't get to see any cool supernatural stuff because the demo took place entirely uh, when you were just being attacked by these like weird pirates, and before you were actually on the ghost ship. But you know, I guess you got to hold some stuff back, right? You got to hold back the spooky uh, stuff. Yeah, don't show the monster. Don't show the monster uh, unless it's the Ever. thing. Just don't don't show it. Don't show it. You hate you hate to see it. By which I mean the monster. Uh, yeah, I think those were probably the other. I didn't play a lot at E three this year actually. Like I saw a lot of stuff, but there wasn't a lot of playable anything. Well, I yeah, I kind of um, I read some rumblings that that was not just you that that was like. Uh, Oh, kind of widespread thing, and it was partly because devs are afraid of gamers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, what? Uh, I'm trying to... Well, I mean, uh, what do you call it? Uh, you, you mentioned Alien vs. Predator. Remember that Aliens Colonial Marines game, I think, was, like, one of the early examples of this, of, like, a game that, like, showed demos, showed a vertical slice uh, of what the game looked like, and then it came out, and then everybody's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, this doesn't yeah. look like that thing that you Where showed. is this video game? It's not in this one. Right. And then, of course, gamers being gamers, like, you know, in the case of Aliens Colonial Marines, where maybe a little bit 
I don't want to say justified in their, you know, in their like confusion and furor, but like yeah. in the intervening years have only become more shitty. <laughs> like have only become more death threat y and harassment campaign y uh, on the internet. And it's like, yeah, dude, don't don't do that. <laughs> Like, also, they let gamers go to E3 now, so mm. if a YouTuber plays a demo of a game and doesn't like it and makes a video about how, you know... Bad it is. Because, uh, I mean, we already saw the whole, uh, journalists made them take a level out of Call of Duty or whatever. <laughs> journalists removed Cloud's vagina bones, I heard. Oh, they did. It was horrible. Yeah. Um, but the, And the people disbelieve that, like, so... Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I kind of don't blame devs because I would not like to be in their position. No, <clears throat> it is a little. I don't blame them, but also I think that a lot of the response has been kind of like uh, bad too. Because I, I feel like another thing we saw a lot of it this year's E three was a lot of devs going like, uh, like using weirdly coded language to kind of like skirt actually like saying hey don't fucking do that or or hey act like human beings and saying like yeah. we're so excited about the passion of our fans you you oh you God. hold us account like it was bethesda i think we're like you hold us accountable and it's just like that's a way to phrase it i don't know if it's the one i would use <laughs> like that one guy he was yelling the whole time oh yeah the woo he the definitely guy. wasn't oh, a plant that was just a huge fan of bethesda he loves battle royale yep. he loves it when you loves put it in it. fallout God. To be fair, I would have reacted just as loud as that person did if they said uh, if they announced Brink too. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been able to get there. I'm sorry, Nikki. I'm sorry you didn't get your dream. I mean, listen. As long as there's as long as there's an E3, the hope for a Brink two still lives. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So I don't know. That was kind of E3. Honestly, it was like a weird year, right? It was a weird one. It was a. It was my first one, and I feel like I know it was a weird one. Right. Yeah. Which probably for the ESA is bad. <laughs> right. Which you know, hey, maybe a maybe they brought some stuff on themselves, and b maybe ESA mm-hmm. is not a great organization to begin with. Maybe. <laughs> maybe maybe it's okay. Yeah, it's. It's yeah. I don't know. It was still fun. I still had a lot of fun, but I, I guess I just don't know how much of that fun was uh, born out of the convention and how much of it. Well, I know how much it was very little. The most of the fun it was just being around y'all and like being around the human beings who work in this industry right. because that is seemingly more interesting to me um, than being kind of shoved around by gamers standing in line for borderlands for 73 hours oh boy a lot of a lot of borderlands three bags out there huh a lot of people a lot of i left of... mine i really? i got one and then i just left it somewhere because <laughs> all i all i had was like it was like prints of um the face the borderlands face man okay. and mm. uh and a code a scratch off code to get like some kind of weird in-game currency or something. Oh my and god, was, like, was it a shift mm. code a shift code <laughs> i was like i don't want this so i just like left it somewhere Oh, they're called they're called shift codes because the company that makes the game is Gearbox. Do you get it? Hey, hey, Nikki, that's literally Fine. the first time I ever realized. That. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Well, yeah, I do get it now, though. That's <laughs> all right. Uh, follow Randy Pitchford if you want some fucking shift codes because he's got uh, it. Chris. Listen, that USB stick is big. Oh, boy. 
Uh, oh, speaking of uh, just leaving shit that, that people gave me, literally my first demo of E3 was the Dying Light 2, which actually, I will say, oh, yeah. I, I did not love the first Dying Light 1. I know people fucking swear by that game. Like, people really, really like it. It's like a first-person zombie world thing with, like, crafting and parkour is kind of the whole thing. And I think it's got a really, really slow opening that I have tried to play through, like, four times, and I've just never gotten into it. Um, Dying Light 2 looks super interesting because, um, the whole thing, like, their whole pitch for this is that you will, by the time you beat that game, you will have only seen 50% of the content because, uh, entire enemy types, entire, like, zones of the city, entire factions, entire NPCs will just not appear depending on the choices you make throughout the game. So, like, in, right. in the demo that they showed, there was this whole, like, thing where it's like, hey, you gotta turn on the water pumps. To, to The city needs water, you gotta turn on the pumps. And at the they fight through this big facility, this uh, water treatment plant to go turn on the pumps, and they do, and they they have a choice to team up with this other faction that doesn't want them to turn on the pumps, and he chooses, you know, in the demo they chose not to do that, uh, not to join up with them, so they they do turn on the pumps, and the city gets water, but then it drains this like flooded district uh, that was just like secretly hidden underwater, which I guess nobody remembered was there. Um, and when it did that, it like opened up this entire new district of the city that you can run around, and like weird mutated fish zombies started popping out of the mud. Um, and, like, that was where the demo ended, but they were saying, like, yeah, if you hadn't turned on those pumps, you would never see that I entire section of the city, that whole drowned part, but because you turn on the pumps, there will be other parts of the city that you don't get to see in the future, and that seems super cool. Uh, but I only mention any of this because I wanted to point out that uh, the developers gave everybody in attendance at that demo like a forty-pound <laughs> action figure of of uh, Mister Mister Infected, whatever the main character Aiden is, the name of the main Aiden. character. Uh, who says he's infected in that trailer. And it's like a fucking box that is literally bigger than my head with an action figure of him in it. And it weighed 40 pounds, and I took it out of the demo thinking, like, well, I'll give this to the office, it'll be something. And it had it had these nylon straps. I was 30 feet away from the demo room <laughs> when all four of the straps snapped off in my hands and spilled this fucking thing on the floor. <laughs> I, and I was uh, I was trying to find John to find the van, but John was like dying of a migraine. He was like having fucking like uh, he's taking a power nap in the parking garage of this of uh, the E3 uh, Los Angeles Convention Center, and I was like trying to find him, but he was asleep. Uh, and the entire building looks identical to every other part of the building. Uh -huh. So I was wandering in this weird maze of a parking garage, holding my backpack, my laptop bag, like a Switch, because I brought a Switch with me because we thought that like some games might come out during the Nintendo press conference, because that was the same day. And so I'm holding these, like, I'm just uh, carrying a hundred pounds worth of equipment and other garbage in a parking garage, and I'm like, no strap on this thing, so I'm just, like, two-fisting it the whole time I'm going through, and, like... You know what? And I eventually just had to say, fuck this. So I left this giant, strange, all-black package next to a pillar in the parking garage, like oh a goddamn God. Unabomber. And I was just, like, terrified <laughs> for hours that some security camera had caught me and were like, hey, you need to come with us. Like, this, you left a suspicious package in the, in the parking garage near a support pillar, and we need to figure out what's going on here. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if I'm sure if... 
I don't know. I'm sure for people who like, I that was in a meeting room too. So it was like it didn't feel like it was something that would just go to the hashtag people with the hashtag gamer pass with their their mm-hmm. weird like nylon scarlet letter um, or neon scarlet letter. Uh, I cannot. I still can't believe <laughs> that part of it. Like, it's, mm. <laughs> so for people mm. who don't know, like press and exhibitors at E3 just got like a normal pass with like a see-through like plastic uh, uh, kind of container and it was just like normal it just looks and it would say your name and your outlet or whatever anybody who got the gamer pass got like this weird bright highlighter yellow plastic pass that like immediately made them visible to the naked eye like if you were like trying to pick them out in a crowd you would instantly know who the gamers were ah uh, a gamer you didn't even have to uh announce that you were eating cake but you would just know who the geeks and gamers were <laughs> jesus um and i have heard tell uh on other podcasts and such i didn't he- experience this personally but i did hear tell that there were like lines where it was like you know just lines for for press people because that's just the thing that happens at these things it's ostensibly still a press show um and there would be security people like standing on soapboxes shouting like no gamers i don't want to see any gamers (laughs) this is for press and exhibitors only no gamers please no gamers definitely when i was waiting for the borderlands 3 thing there was like this area where press would go to like get in Mm-hmm. And then there was, like, a line of gamers that, like, like would fill the remaining space, I guess. That's how they were doing it. Oh, okay. And, like, some gamer was like, do all these people get to get in before us? <laughs> and someone was like, uh, yeah, they're, they're pressed. So and he's like, oh, my God. And I was like, I'm sorry I have to do my job. Like, this isn't, <laughs> like... This is what I have to do for money to live in capitalism. <laughs> so uh, I'm sorry that you don't get to see the new Borderlands quite as quickly as you might have otherwise if I weren't here. But um, why are you here? <laughs> yeah, why are you here? Why did Go you, home. Why did you spend $250 to wait in line for four hours? Why did you make that choice? Yeah, like if that's on you, buddy. This- I didn't choose to do that. So Yeah, if you're listening to this podcast and you are like, Hey, next year, do I want to go? No. The answer is no. Yeah. You don't want to. No. Go to literally anything else. There's do so... anything else with all of those dollars. There's so much else to go to now. There's so many packs. They're, they're, they're fucking opening up probably seven packs. Is the, in the time we've been recording this, like, packs Japan probably just opened. <laughs> like, you're, those are designed for, for, like, normal people to go to. Uh, like, not normal people sound so weird. I'm not trying to say that, like, press is special in some way. It's just like, but it was a press show originally. And the only reason they even let people in, like, uh, with tickets now is because they're like scrambling for any kind of relevancy and they have not like built a show or modified it in such a way that that makes it a good experience for those people they just need money (laughs) like they want your 250 Mm dollars my favorite part is that like the you can hire people who know how to do these things oh yeah like you're the you're the esa you do have some money you do have at least enough money to like actually hire some people away from companies that run fan forward conventions enough to throw enough money at that problem over the course of a year to get it to a better spot than we have literally no form of entertainment or no nothing for you a gamer to do as you sit for six hours to watch a video of a person playing cyberpunk right yeah 
and that's the other thing yeah. too is like like you said like it's a, because a lot of this stuff and because they're afraid of the gamers as Merritt pointed out like you're not even getting hands-on stuff. You're getting stuff that you can watch on YouTube, but probably yeah. faster because the internet's not good in there either. It's like, yeah, yeah it's it's just a bad experience all around, and it's yeah. and it's 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 bad for press, and it's bad for the exhibitors, and it's bad for everybody. And yeah, I think that was kind of our main takeaway coming out of this thing was that like next year if we go to E3 again, we're gonna do it completely differently. Like so differently, we're not gonna really go it, on the show floor very much because there's no point yeah. to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It just feels so scummy. Oh. It just it feels so I the I think the reason that it, that is it is so frustrating to me is because there is a version of me when I was sixteen that is like begging my parents to like scrounge up two hundred and fifty dollars or whatever oh, yeah. it costs to go as a person like from L.A. and it's like all right sure here we're like early birthday present we're gonna like we got you a thing to go to e3 Mm -hmm. and then it's like what did you do well i watched a video of a person playing cyberpunk and then i played wreckfest a game that has been out for eight (laughs) months which like for some people that was legitimately their day like i would when i I was kind of like roaming the Fortnite booth and like on maybe the second day and i just kind of was asking people with the gamer badges like what they had done and every person if they had played games the majority of the games that they had played were already out or they had seen one like seen a video of an unreleased game right Mm -hmm. most of them hadn't actually played anything new or anything like that it yeah it's just gross just yeah (sighs) yeah but uh you know, I but like you you had mentioned earlier, I I still enjoyed my time there. I think personally, just yes. just because I liked getting to meet you two and meet everybody else on the team who I hadn't already met before in person, and that was very fun and very cool. Seeing the LA office was very cool. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Fanbyte's still fairly new, so we're you know we've been around for less than a year, and I had not been to our office at all yet. Uh, Merritt, you hadn't been Fanbyte.com, I'm baby. No, I hadn't. Uh, how did you like it? Did you did you enjoy? Uh, yeah, it was great. I've never worked in an office. Well, I've worked in an office like once before ever, uh, and it's weird. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> it's very it's very cool um, to be actually surrounded by people who are working on the same thing as you, mm-hmm. rather than just sort of like doing it in your own house. Um, like and, we're both doing right now. Yeah, we'll <laughs> say like L.A. Uh, I'm like not 100% sold on LA, but I definitely had a better time there this time than I did the first time I went. Um, when did you go I before? Could, oh, like six years ago. Okay. And and I only saw Culver City, so I didn't exactly oh, see a whole lot. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I don't know. It was it was cool. I I'm glad we got to do a lot of video stuff, mm-hmm. which was cool. And if you haven't check that out yet listeners you can go over to uh, fanbytes youtube channel and watch yeah. all our videos many of which are not immediately outdated um because <laughs> you know, we did do, we did a lot of prediction videos but we also did a lot of hands-on videos so like i got to play link's awakening and uh, nikki got to play pokemon and we talk about those so uh yeah. we we did play a lot of games that we didn't talk about on this episode but we do talk about on YouTube. Yeah, and we'll have some written content. We already have some written previews and stuff for that, too. You can also just go ahead and watch the archives of our, our talking over, like, the streams and stuff like that, because even if it's, you know, talking about that stuff, we, we do a lot of dumb stuff like 
make predictions as to how many D's will be in Todd Howard's name when he appears <laughs> on stage. <laughs> <laughs> um and good stuff like that. It was that that stuff was fun. Like drawing on that whiteboard in that hot little room was was cool. <laughs> that was very fun. Yes. Um yeah, I don't know if uh there's a lot left to go over. Oh, I guess like have you folks been playing like any non-E3 related games that you want to talk about? I have. Oh yeah? Um I've been so I bought the day after E3. I think I got home and was like, I'm never playing another video game again. <laughs> yeah. And then, I, and then I immediately picked up my Switch and purchased two games. Um, I bought uh, Slay the Spire. Hell yeah. Which fucking rules. Um, if you don't know what Slay the Spire is, it's a card game roguelike <laughs> where you go up the tower and you, it's, I, I don't know. I don't know how else to describe it's, it. It's, it's a death it building game the in the, in the yeah. like, parlance of board games. Where you like you start um, off with certain certain like kind of weak cards. It's like on this turn you can attack or defend, and then like as you go along and beat more battles, you get like powerful spells and things like that that you draw hands every turn, and then discard mm-hmm. that hand and then reshuffle the deck, and it's it's super super good. Yeah, that it it's so good. It's like it's the perfect game for the train. Oh, I um, bet because you can get through a level or two. Um, like in between stops like it it it's a situation where like even if i don't actually get a seat until halfway through my ride i still feel like i can get something done in that game which is just choice um the music is also very good yes uh and speaking of video games with good music i've been playing a lot of cadence of hyrule (coughs) which owns Mm -hmm. that game rules holy shit yeah um i I just yeah have y'all been I reviewed it. I, I put up a review yes. on the on the website, and holy shit, I really like that game. <laughs> yeah, Merritt, have you tried? Have you tried it yet? Uh, I have not actually. Okay. Well, uh, for people who don't know, or maybe don't know, uh, yeah, Cadence of Hyrule is like it's it's a crossover with like Legend of Zelda and uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer, which is another roguelike like another indie roguelike from a couple years ago, where the whole thing is that you're like a character who moves on screen with the beat. Um, and you fight monsters and, and move around from tile to tile, and it's basically like, in order to move from one tile to the next, you have to hit the movement button, like, with the rhythm. And transplanting that style of game, or that style of combat, into, like, instead of being a roguelike, just a fairly traditionally structured Zelda game, like top-down 2D Zelda, where it's like you're going from dungeon to dungeon, picking up, you know, items, fighting bosses, and that sort of thing fucking rules it's so good have you you nikki you've been it sounded like you were enjoying it yeah it's i it's it's so good like the 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 feeling that i had when i saw that first revealed trailer um because crypt of the necrodancer was a was a game that like conceptually was like ah hell yeah this sounds cool and then i kind of like started to look into it and i was like i'm bad at video games like i don't know if this is the format for me like i don't know if me right now is ready yeah like i don't know if i'm ready for this um but that the build of the of the music in that trailer like generated such a feeling of like ah hell yeah zelda is good (laughs) it's like a good video game series (laughs) and i have all these like very good emotions attached to it um that like i also got when i saw the breath of the wild trailer like it it is it's it resonates so deeply with me so to then make that entire game like every single moment i'm playing that game i'm feeling that feeling 
which is just it's just so good like um the, the remixes of the of that like iconic music like you know the overworld theme or the lost woods music or whatever and like the Gerudo valley song is just oh, chef kiss it's it's so, it's good. so good and the music changes depending on if you're in combat it like picks up and gets a lot louder and it's just like hey yeah it's time to fuck shit up it's time to grab your spear and like you know because you have different weapons and things and mm-hmm. and the idea is that you you know like different enemies uh move and attack on different beats as well so it's like oh this enemy only attacks on the ones and threes so you like want to kind of stagger your beat you know get get close to them more on the beat than not and attack them from the side or whatever because they're going to attack in the front and so or it'll be like well you you have a sword or a dagger in the in this case because another very important point about this game is that you can pick to at the very beginning if you want to play a zelda or link uh, and if you play as Zelda, they just give her a knife, like, instantly, and it's just yeah. like, hey, Zelda, just go get out there and fuck shit up, just, what if, <laughs> hey, what if Zelda just stabbed everything she saw? Um, yeah. And it's very funny. And, um, yeah, and you can switch between, like, things like a spear, it will attack two tiles over instead of one tile over. And you can have, like, a, uh, broadsword that will attack in, like, kind of a cone in front of you, and, and different things like that, and... When you're moving through the like the different areas and the different music and and trying to like you know get the rhythm down, uh, depending on what enemies you're fighting and stuff like that, it just feels so satisfying to kind of duck and weave right. in between people that way. And also, uh, if you if you know that you are not uh, musically inclined, um, or if like the the words rhythm game kind of uh, are putting you off, you can turn that off. Yeah. It almost becomes you like a turn-based turn thing at that point. And it, yeah, and it totally just becomes a turn-based situation because I saw that going around Twitter and I was like, I wonder what this like experience is like because I very much enjoy the fact that it is so rhythm-based. Um, but it, it it you it's a different experience and not in a way that you... I feel like if you were playing through the entire game that way, I do not feel like you would walk away from it being like i feel like i missed part of it right because you would it would be just as fulfilling it's still playing that music right like you're still getting that kind of feeling and stuff it's just it the game already is kind of turn-based it's just that like you have it it's the beat kind of forces you to make like your decisions Mm -hmm. about where you're going to move on this tile uh on this grid-based kind of area you know in a very quickly uh, in in very you make a lot of split second decisions basically instead, whereas yeah. that one just allows you to not have to worry about that element of it. Uh, yeah. b- boy, what a good ass game! It's very short. Yeah, like I've heard mm-hmm. people out there saying like it took them five hours, but like also <laughs> tying back into Dying Light, uh, I would say like about fifty percent of the map is just like totally optional. Like you can beat that game and like not go to uh, like half the areas around, uh, but you'll like miss out on things like the magic boomerang or the hook shot or whatever. And I, because right. none of that is necessary. It does the classic Zelda thing of like you can go to any dungeon at any time and complete any of them in any order, um, and you'll get items in those dungeons. But you don't. But they're just things that increase the like depth of the combat. Uh, they don't actually like make it so that you can't go to different areas uh, without the hook shot or whatever. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Yeah, it's very good. It it to call it a surprise is uh, would not be would not be giving the game enough credit because I've been looking forward to it ever since it was announced. Um, but I do not think I expected to like it this much, and I am hard pressed looking at the calendar for the rest of the year to see how this does not make a top five list oh, for me oh, sure. this year. Sure, um, it's it's just so good. 
Uh, Merritt, have you played anything uh, that was non-E3 related, even if it wasn't Cadence of Hyrule? Uh, yeah, I started playing Final Fantasy XIV. Oh, hell yeah! Speaking yeah. of good-ass video <laughs> games with good music. Yeah, it's good. I'm getting into it. Um, I just hit level 10, and um, I'm kind of juggling that and Destiny right now, and I'm like, kind mm. of like, oh man, do I have to drop Destiny because mm. no one I know is playing it? Um, so I feel uh, so bad because like, we got you into that shit. Like, we <laughs> started that sickness, and now yeah. we're like, hey, Merritt, what if you just, what if you just like... <laughs> You know, jump ship with us again. Like, what, what if you <laughs> started playing a new live service game? Uh huh. Um, but I mean, the thing about Final Fantasy that I like is it's not at all stressful to me. No, um, God, no. It's very just like soothing, and um, it uh, yeah, it's it's cool. I have a big man named uh, Boomhauer Gatorade, <laughs> and they let me do that, which is fun. Uh-huh. I was like, surely they won't let me have a product in my no, they they do. Um, so he's a uh, marauder right now. Hell yeah! Um, gonna upgrade to a warrior. Gonna be a tank, which, which I thought was a DPS class, but is a tank class. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I guess I'll stick with that mostly because uh, I know being like a tank or a healer, it's easier to find uh, parties or it's easier to queue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's cool with the big axe. He's 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 fun. Um, uh, the other thing to know too is like I think I might have mentioned this on previous episodes, but you can just like be another class at any time too. Yeah, you, you just like equip progress. a different primary item and you switch classes, right? Yeah, and and those all level up independently of each other, so you can right, and, and they level up faster the higher level your highest level class is too. So oh, that's cool. So you can catch up. That's yeah. neat. Um, yeah, so I've been playing that. I did play a little bit of. I've been playing a little bit of Destiny, just dipping back into the new season of opulent stuff and um How's yeah, that been? it's it's cool um i uh yeah no i like it uh the menagerie is really cool it's basically like a six person match made raid that isn't really a raid because you can't fail like oh. the whole the way that it works is that you're running through different kind of like challenges that are either just like oh kill enemies or like kill a specific enemy to get a buff that lets you kill other like it's just like you know pretty basic stuff but they're time based but like you're just trying to fill up a bar basically and the better you do at each event the quick the better the more the bar fills up and once it's full you fight a boss and then the event's over but like failing like failing by not completing the event just means you don't fill it up as much so it just means it takes longer and like oh. that's all. There's no difference, as far as I know, in like what the rewards are. Huh. Um, it's just you can do a run faster if that, you if you're oh, good. That seems super super smart. It's really it's a really good idea, and like it's a really good solution to the match made thing, right? Because if you're doing basically a raid, like a, a mini raid that's like you know like half an hour long with randos, and then you lose and get nothing that would be extremely frustrating but here the worst possible thing that can happen is that it just takes you longer because that's the thing that really i think where where i finally fell off of destiny during this like current crop of content was during season of the drifter trying to get into the reckoning uh and you would go in there it's like and it was match made and you went in there with four people and it was timed so what ended up happening was like people would jump in 
uh, fuck up real bad, and then <laughs> we'd have to, uh, and then, like, if somebody was like, well, fuck this, they just would leave, because they were just some random stranger, they don't owe you anything, and so you were stuck in there with three people, and suddenly it was impossible to get it, so you just have to kind of stand around and wait, and hope that somebody else match made in, and then, like, but then if you had already started the event... And then mm-hmm. a fourth person jumped in and you were already losing. They'd be like, well, fuck this. We're not going to win. So they'd leave again. or And then that would just frustrate the, the fourth person in your group. So they would leave too. And it's just like that. Yeah. Was no, bad. yeah, it was bad. Um, so this seems like, oh, yeah, this is, this is good. Um, of course, the heroic one won't be match made, which is kind of frustrating. <sighs> but. And how many players yeah. did you say for this one? So is, is it six? Six people. Boy. So that'll be more of a traditional raid kind of thing, but I'm not even close to that yet. Like my, my light level is like 710 right now, I think. Oh. So yeah, no, I'm still That's kind such of a like, big number. Uh, well, <laughs> you come into the event, you come into it with a baseline of 690 if you do the power surge ones. Oh. I was already at 700. Like I was at the light level cap, but I'm in that place now where I'm just like desperately scrounging my light level up and like, um, not bothering to uh, infuse things because I'm just waiting. So I'm like, I was wearing like my like awesome, cool armor that was like uh, all shadered up in the way that I wanted and all this stuff. And now I'm just like, I guess I'll put on this like coat that I found <laughs> under a rock because it's light level is like too higher. Um, so the destiny experience, really. Yep, pretty much. But they're doing Armor 2.0 in September. So I think what's yeah. going to happen this summer is I will Sequel play some armor. more Destiny. And like I'll go after exotic quests that I really want. And I'll um, just gradually start getting my light level up. And then in September, I'm going to dive right back into it. Because they're right. overhauling so much of the game. Yeah. And uh, I think and when cross-saves come out, too, there will be no <gasps> excuse for people to not play with me on PS4. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hop in... Uh, when all that new stuff comes That'll out. That'll be a really good just... time because there's like a really good like on-ramp that they're they're coming out with. Um, yeah. You don't have to go through like the whole bullshit like story of like um, the first like hour of the game in Destiny is so fucking boring. Mm-hmm. Um, they do a whole like um, like Metroid style like oh you have all your stuff oh now you don't <laughs> you lost it <laughs> and you have to get it back so the you music, I will say the music during that sequence is fucking tremendous, though. <laughs> the, the, what is that song called? I want to, I think it's called Lost Light or something. The middle bit of the song where you hit the rock and you get your light back. Mm. That musical sting is like, uh, it's just so good. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Destiny, also, another, <laughs> another good game, I think, with, uh, with also very good music. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of good stuff on that front this week. Uh, and also the new, the, the, uh, new Final Fantasy 14 expansion is actually out next week too for those that yeah so I'm like trying to mm-hmm. I'm like prioritizing that hell yeah yeah I have I have a weekend to to catch up while also looking for apartments so it's gonna be yeah. great yeah that'll probably not work out <laughs> I'm gonna guess oh, frick. If, if you're if you're if you're mm, you could probably get to like some of the cool stuff over or, like over that time but if you're if you're apartment hunting this whole week like that's gonna be a lot like the Final Fantasy has like a long 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 because the, the whole thing about that game is actually something that I am not a huge fan of because it makes it very hard to play with your friends is that that game is has like an entire single player campaign in it and like almost all of the content is gated behind like the the, the you can't get to the first expansion until you play the entire sing- first like single player campaign uh, of the first original 
Final Fantasy fourteen two Frick. Um, and it's not like it's not like absurdly long, but like when you stack on the 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 main campaign and then also the expan first expansion and then the second expansion now, which is the one that we're on currently, like that's a lot of stuff. And you're unlocking new stuff and like the I think that the the vanilla story is like vanilla, uh, but like once you get to the expansion stuff, it gets way more interesting. But it's just it's just a lot. It's just a lot to chew through. If you are just starting out, but uh, I'm I'm here to I'm here to help. You know, I'm, I'm here to help uh, walk people through dungeons and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I played a game uh, that isn't Cadence Spiral. Game? I played uh, Final Fantasy Adventure. Mm. You know, oh, did you buy the? Wait, did you buy the second Jitsetsu? I did uh, bundle. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. How did and, you like FF Adventure, the weird stepchild of yeah. that was like not a Final Fantasy game, I think, and they they were just like, uh, this series doesn't exist in America yet. Uh Final Fantasy does this, so it's <laughs> it's it's like Final Fantasy Adventure, right? Uh-huh, because it's because it's not really a I mean, it's not a Final Fantasy game in any way. No, it's like an action RPG, right? Yeah, it's an action RPG. Uh and that was actually the part that I didn't no, I guess, uh, going in, because, like, I've never played a mana game before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, there was that expan or that, not expansion, that uh, remake of Secret of Mana uh, that came yep. out, like, last year that was very bad, apparently, so I didn't play it. Uh, <laughs> and that was the only version, and I have it, but I've never played it, and that was the only version I've ever owned or rented. The, the closest thing I ever played to any mana game is I played uh, Secret of Evermore on the Super Nintendo, <laughs> uh, which is a very different thing, apparently. Uh, but yeah, I actually kind of like Final Fantasy Adventure. It's weird and very clearly a Game Boy game that came out in 1991. Um, the, the the translation is very stilted and the story is very simple. Like, the, the main villain's name is just Dark Lord. Not even the Dark Lord. <laughs> His name is just Dark Lord. Um, and, uh, but yeah, like, the, the, the there is something that is actually, like, really still even now very satisfying about just like going through that game and having this very legend of zelda style like you swing a sword you hit the enemy the enemy dies but then you get like you level up for it like you you get money and xp and items and stuff it's just like oh there's something like yeah i don't know like watching those big chunky sprites hit each other and just getting stuff for it like that instant gratification is very fun to me right um it's uh, and also it's only apparently like nine hours long, so I figured I could probably bust through that and get to the real mana games, which are Secret of Mana and now Trials of Mana. I guess is the, is their name for is their English name for Seiken Detsetsu Three. That that is this is the first time that's ever come out in America. I guess right. Uh, that was like a Super Nintendo game that uh, was famously extremely good and everybody wanted for years, but they never they never translated it because it would have required them to like put the the English wouldn't fit on the screen basically, uh, and they basically had to break what yeah they had to basically break the ROM to to make this work in this collection I guess. Uh, and I've also heard like some people talking. I have no I have not verified this at all, but I've heard some like talk out there about the reason that they had that's taken them this long to put out uh, Seiken Densetsu 3 um, was basically because they didn't realize that it had this weird sort of legendary status in the states they didn't realize anybody gave a shit uh, and then somebody mentioned to them that there was a fan translation and they were like wait huh like <laughs> <laughs> um, and they're like well shit <laughs> like let's get that out there and also I guess they're doing like a full on remake of this like later this year 
Yeah, which is very weird. What a strange way to do this. No, um, it's it's super strange. Um, I'm kind of excited. I've never finished the game, and it was definitely like, as a kid, I was like, oh my god, this is like a cool Super Nintendo game that we never got, and like, it was very good. I remember it being very good. Yeah. But, uh, and there's like, because it's like kind of like a that Switch game thing where there's like a bunch of different characters, but like their stories actually do intersect. And like, I think you pick a main character that you start with, but then you like recruit two other people. Okay. Uh, and do, do they, since it's an action game, like the way they kind of handle that in adventure so far is that like, they'll just kind of follow you around on screen. And I had a wizard yeah. man who yeah, just, like, yeah. was very dumb and shot fireballs into walls a lot. <laughs> Is that yeah, kind of what they I do? Don't, I don't know if they're dumb in this one, but that is how it works. Like, they they are, like, on screen following you around. Okay. Because, uh, yeah, this is this is all the same lineage. Even though it's called Final Fantasy Adventure, that is a mana game. That is a Seiken Detsetsu 1, I want to say? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then Secret of Mana is 2. Then that's why I started with Final Fantasy Adventure, because I saw it was very short. And also the first one in the franchise. So, like, for historical purposes, I thought, like, I should take a look at this thing. I should see how this yeah. goes. Totally. Uh, yeah, that's that's cool. That's forty dollars, which is like kind of a lot of money, I think. Yeah, for like three games that are like twenty years old. Like yeah, thirty years old. Yeah, that's that's just it. And it's like this is a very bare bones collection. There's like no add ons. There's no like like there was those Mega Man collections have been coming out recently, and those have had like a lot of cool extra stuff in them where they have like hey. By the time of Mega Man 6, we were running out of ideas for Robot Masters. So we held these fan contests in Japan where kids sent in their ideas. And then we took those ideas and made them into the game. And, mm-hmm. like, here's the original... Here's, like, a high-resolution scan of the original drawing that that kid sent in that became Sheep Man or whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, and this has nothing like that. This is, like... These are just all just ROMs that they have dumped. Um... And there's there's quick saves. You can like their save states, which is very useful, especially in I'm fighting in Final Fantasy Adventure. Where I there's feel like, like that's mandatory now. If oh you God. like release, if you release a ROM uh, collection that doesn't have that, then like, why am I playing it? Right. Why am I not just like finding a Super Nintendo or finding a Game Boy and and having a physical copy of this thing? Yeah, or just playing a ROM because like you ROM. you basically have to sell me. It's like 2019. You have to sell me on the idea of paying for older games. <laughs> um, even yeah. though Nintendo killed uh, Emu Paradise, um, yeah. I I did Damn. download a um, I torrented something a couple months ago that I, we did get a strongly worded letter for. Uh, <laughs> Which is not a joke, but... The internet police. The internet police did find out that I downloaded a file that basically had, like, every ROM for, like, most consoles from the 90s and 80s. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I have, like, every NES ROM, SNES, Genesis, GBA, like, all that stuff. And then some weird ones, too, like Vectrex and, like, Atari. <laughs> so I have all those if I ever want to play any of them, but, like... I don't really, <laughs> but I just kind of wanted to know that I did have them there in case Nintendo somehow took case. them down. One day you might want to play Mr. Do, and how are you going to do that if you don't have this collection? How am I going to Mr. Do that if I don't have this collection? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, uh, that's basically what I've been playing for the most part. That and, like, yeah, Cadence. I played a little bit of Ape Out on Switch. That's cool. That's kind of a neat little fun game. Uh, I haven't. It's a devolver joint, right? Is that the one where you like pick up the scientists and toss them on the wall? Basically, yeah. 
Um, yeah, it, that seems it's cool. kind of the whole game, but like they, uh, it's got like a really good look and also some very good music. Um, ah. And it, it looks like a you know like uh, Doctor No, like like early James Bond movies, how they all ha- or like Pink Panther, early Pink Panther right. movies where they all had those like sort of very brightly colored primary color um, animated intros. Mm-hmm. The whole game has that look. And Wait, what is this? Cool. What game is this? Ape Out. Oh, right. Yeah. Which I don't actually remember the name of the developer off the top of my head. Uh, Devolver Digital published it, obviously, but uh, yeah. Um, so they did it. Devolver did it. They yeah, did it. That's how it works. Anyone who publishes it with works. Devolver is just like, no one actually knows who you are, <laughs> which is kind of sad. It's developed by Gabe Kuzila. Oh, is it like a one-man studio? And Bennett Foddy. Oh, and Bennett Foddy oh, was worked on B-5 this? Oh, was on this one. Okay. Yeah. And My Matt man. Bach. Uh, well, it doesn't... I think he maybe did art on it. Okay. It just says oh. it was developed by Gabe Cuzzillo. Oh, it was uh, It was at the MIU Game Incubator. Oh, okay. So Foddy was... Um, yeah, it was like a like a project um, that Foddy was like the supervisor for. Uh, that's very cool. Yeah, it's, and, and Matt, it's Matt Bach game. was the composer on that. Is... Um, is that I'm not I'm not familiar with Matt Bach. He uh, he's at NYU. He's okay. at the Game Center. He, uh, he he's creative director at Harmonix. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so he's been with yeah. him for a while. Um, no. He uh, he worked on like the rock band instruments. Oh shit! That is a hell of a pedigree because yeah, the the music in this game is very good. It's got like it's a very jazzy kind of thing where it's like you, you the whole game is like as Nikki pointed out, is like you're picking up scientists and mercenaries and stuff like that and trying to escape the a facility, um, <laughs> and you just pick them up and smash them into walls and they explode into blood. Uh, but every time you do it, there's just like a there's this, as you're walking around, there's just this like boom, 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 and then if you pick up a guy and throw him, it's just like this huge symbol crash of like every single time. Uh, That's cool. And yeah, it it, it plays into like it, you're kind of weirdly creating. It's not a rhythm game, but like you're kind of weirdly creating your own little song just by murdering these like schmucks <laughs> over and over uh-huh. again. Uh, and I thought the game was going to be extremely short cause I did beat the facility. I like, I, I, I uh, aped out. Um, but after you beat that, they did introduce like, uh, it's, it's all presented as records. Um, and then split into side a and side B. And I beat the first record. I beat side a and side B of the first record. And then the second one is like, Instead of being in, like, a science facility where people are experimenting on you, you're a gorilla who is, like, the pet of some weird rich asshole who escapes from their cage, and, like, you're on floor 40, you have to get to floor 1 now. So it's, like, 40 more Ah. levels just opened up, and and that includes new enemies. Like, you can't do anything different. Like, you're still just picking up scientists and, and idiots and throwing them, but, like... Now there's, like, guys with pistols, and, like, well, I was like, well, why am I afraid of a guy with a pistol? I've fought guys with shotguns, and that's way worse, but it turns out the guys with pistols are, like, super fucking fast. They just run away from you and try to, like, get a bead on you, like, from a mm. distance, uh, instead of cut running t- right towards you, and, yeah, so that, you know, that's kind of the, whole, the game at a certain point. Like, uh, it's interesting. And I think that's that, basically uh, all I played. That sounds like a game that Nikki and I played at, um... Eddie three, which was called Carrion. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is kind of you're like also trying to like escape a facility, but you're basically the thing, and you just are f- like 
like slurping around a room. I, I need to find a good adjective for what that game's movement feels like because it's not really like uh, anything that I've played. Um, but you're like you're a weird of... flesh water balloon with tentacles, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so, yeah, you're kind of like squelching around the room and then just like <laughs> grabbing people perfect. and just like smashing them into things. Like it feels very chaotic. Right, um, yeah. But, like, the movement is really fluid and very cool. And then, yeah, you're just, like, grabbing people and just, like, jumping around the room with them as you, like, just <laughs> drag them into things. And it's uh, very funny. This is also a Devolver-published uh, game, too, I mm-hmm. believe. I, I, yes. I forget to mention that, but... <laughs> huh. Uh, that's their theme for this year. That's what? It's oh, just... their, their theme is, is killing scientists and smashing people? <laughs> yeah. Science must pay for its hubris. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! They spent so much time asking whether or not they could. They didn't stop to ask. Yeah, I mean, everyone knows the rest. Oh, okay, so. sorry, I didn't mean to. But you know who didn't stop to ask if they should? Ubisoft, because Ubisoft is releasing Just Dance 2020 on the Nintendo Wii, <sighs> yeah. um, and it is confirmed that that is the last. Nintendo no, no, Wii no! Game. It's not confirmed. It, so. I saw a lot of people oh. saying that it was confirmed that it's the last game. What they said in that interview was that, like, yeah, we are the last game on the Switch. I think what they mean is that they're the last franchise still going. Right, okay. Because, oh, so it'll go until the sun explodes. Well, here's the thing. Like, um, Limited Run put out, like, a PS3 game recently. So, like, oh, wow. oh, shit. someone could still put out a Wii game. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, is it going to be a situation where... <laughs> Ubisoft's gonna stop releasing Just Dance uh, on the Wii in like 2023, yeah. And then in 2024, Limited Run's gonna re-release. I don't know, like uh, like one of those, like a Strawberry Shortcake game, yeah. And then Ubisoft's gonna be like, shit. Well, I guess we gotta put another <laughs> this was one our out. One so thing. then we, <laughs> so the Just Dance 2026 does come to the Nintendo Wii, oh, God. even though they haven't done the last God. four. I mean, uh, yeah, they skipped a year, you know. Yeah, I wonder what the... <laughs> you have to get the tech down. Because I wonder <laughs> what the like the sales numbers are for that on the Wii. Oh, yeah. Pretty good, probably. The, I, I like to joke about the fact that they're releasing a Nintendo Wii game in the year of our Lord 2019. Um, but, like, that game sells super well because there are a bunch of Wiis in, uh, like, hospitals and old folks' mm. homes. Like, yeah, well, the that's install where base that... is, like, fucking... Yeah. enormous and like no to be honest it would be weirder for me if someone was like oh it's coming out on the wii u as well yes right yeah 100 um, percent. which is the funny thing is that yeah it is not coming out of the wii u it's just skipping a generation which is like a yeah, yeah but like it makes total sense but also it just feels weird in the mouth right like it's just got a strange yeah. thing this is like that's not Nintendo how video games wii. yeah uh, but yeah, also, if you still have a Wii hooked up, like, you're, like, you're the kind of person who is buying uh, Just Dance games is exactly this, the kind of person who also still has a Wii hooked yeah. up. Yep. <sighs> I played Just Dance when I was in the hospital, uh, three years ago, question mark. I played Just Dance with, because they put me in the pediatric ward. Oh. Um, so I played Just Dance on a Nintendo Wii with some kids, and then I lost to a different child in NBA 2K. <laughs> Um, uh, but yeah, that, that that game, those those kinds of experiences are like so crucial. At least in hospitals, mm. uh, I, I as a person who was in one for a for a minute, um, 
yeah kicking like that's just so important yeah so to have like to be able to play like despacito or whatever music is out now i don't know (laughs) oh wait no i do know what's that panic at the disco song oh god Uh, no high hopes no oh yeah that one that's so So to be able to play that is like kind of cool hey hey speaking Um, of things that aren't working the way they should why is there new panic at the disco music coming out still like uh, brendan yuri is fucking washed frankly frankly uh panic uh kind of bops still like okay it's weird it's weird to say that in 2019 but like the last two albums that he's put out have been good like what was the one i didn't really like this one all this most recent one all that much yeah but was the last one panic uh yeah the the most recent one was um it's it's super weird that high hopes became like a number like a top 40 like I can, I can totally see it. Um, this one was uh, "Pray for the Wicked." Pray for the Wicked. And the last one was um, "Death of a Bachelor." Yeah, which, that one was good. That I one like was that one actually more. dope. Like so, "Death of a Bachelor" is a very good album, especially if you like just like weird, like laconic kind of like lounge singer stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, pray for Whoa. the wicked. I feel like there's like some like like Bond theme kind of like big band esque stuff, which is like kind of cool too. Um, that's closer to what I remember them being like. Closer well, than like laconic. They've kind of the... yeah. It's kind of like this baroque, uh, jazzy pop kind of thing. Um, it's way more Broadway um, because okay. it mm-hmm. was uh, after he was in Kinky Boots. But, oh no! I mean, he like he's I I don't know. I think he's gassed himself up <laughs> like because yeah. after everyone else left the band, um, left the or band. he or he made them leave the band. Uh, yeah, I forget like, I forget the exact thing. Like I think someone had like drug problems, and he was like, "Get out!" Uh, and then he released a song where it was just like, "I'm the best. I'm free to do whatever I want now because I'm the best." Uh, so that- yeah. I did miss that part because earlier on you did say like he yeah Panic at the Disco is putting out music he is putting out music and I was like wait he is wait yeah, yeah. Wait, no he wait. he is Panic at the Disco now. his legal name is Panic exclamation point at the Disco now yeah <sighs> okay um did you know that Panic at the Disco headlined the Nintendo Fusion tour in two thousand and five Christ. Uh, It provided early exposure for then-developing bands such as Evanescence, Story of the Year, Uh, My Chemical Romance, uh, Fall Out Boy, and Panic at the Disco. uh, Evanescence was definitely not a then-developing band by that point, I don't think. I'm pretty sure... No, they had done... All they their were big th- ones. They were done. Like <laughs> that was a <laughs> in 2003. They were done. <laughs> yeah. It was over. <laughs> they they peaked with the Daredevil soundtrack, and that was it. Like that was God. that was their moment. Nintendo should bring back the Fusion Tour. What? What is the F- Nintendo Fusion Tour? I've never. So heard the of Nintendo this. Fusion Tour was it was a touring rock music and video game festival sponsored by Nintendo. So you could go and you could listen to Panic at the Disco and also play such video games as 2005 Battalion Wars, Le- The Legend oh, of Zelda yeah. Twilight Princess, Mario Baseball. Did that game come out? Yeah, I think so. Mario- oh, it was Mario Superstar Baseball. Mario Superstar. It didn't have a name then. Um, you could play Melee. 
or Tiger Woods' <laughs> PGA Tour 2006. And also the DS had just come out, so like Mario Kart. Oh my god! It basically was like you can play. It was the game. It was what the Gamer Pass could be mm. at E3. <laughs> the ga- Hey, this could be us, but you playing. You could be listening uh-huh. to Panic at the Disco while you. Uh, <laughs> I don't know while you play. What's a Nintendo uh, Animal Crossing? Like, oh shit! What, we didn't even talk about Animal Crossing. What if KK Slider played Panic at the Disco songs? Fuck. It would sound a little something like that. Thank you, Merritt. Uh, Oh, boy. Thank you for plucking that out of an alternate universe for us. Yeah, no problem. Uh, Yeah. Hold on. Wait, hold on. KK, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to play a song for you. Um, it's called K.K. Slider's oh, no. Old Town Road. Oh, no. Are, we Are you get ready? Sued? Oh, I love this. Are we going to get sued by Nintendo and Little Nas X? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Are you having fun yet? I... Oh, there it is. What? <laughs> the internet's good sometimes. Uh, yeah, there are there are good things. There are, there are. You just have to know where to look for them. Uh, that's what we're here for. That's what this podcast does. Mm-hmm. Is we we just condense down. We percolate the best of the internet for you. Like uh, we uh huh uh huh. You know, like 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 hot shows like The Soup. The soup. Oh my god! I went to a taping of the soup once. Yeah, how's that? Joel McHale gave me a signed photo of his face, <sighs> which is I, the most Joel McHale thing I feel like <laughs> could, that could possibly happen. I and also still rela- like before anybody gets mad at us, still related to video games. He is a noted video game awards show host, Joel McHale. Mm-hmm. Loves Overwatch. Yeah, he loves video games and doesn't like just fucking dunk on them and talk shit at the awards ceremony. Yeah. Oh boy. Nobody does like Overwatch though. He does, does he? just go to Overwatch League games. Oh, does he? Okay. Just like he just shows up. Yeah. Cool. Well, good for him. It doesn't make any sense. What well, are there any like other celebrities that haven't been relevant for like twelve years that we could talk about? Like uh, Joel McHale and the Panic, Mr. Panic. Mm-mm. But Hannibal Burris and Tom Holland did that fun Final Fantasy thing. I thought that was actually like really funny. That was good. Yeah. Um, you're from West London. That's the nice part of London. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whatever. Like Hannibal Burris could probably like be in any make like any fucking thing funny uh, at a certain point. But like, also, I thought they were actually like those two played off of each other pretty well. Yeah. They're gamers, just like us. Uh huh. It's just buttons. But they don't need the pass. Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh boy. Yeah, because the gamer is already inside. What's inside of there? Is a gamer. Intel and gamer. Intel and gamer. Should we just stop this podcast? Should we end? I don't think we're adding anything of value to the no, universe. No, listen. We had a very good part of the show where we talked about Panic at the Disco for a while. And uh, if that's not what this podcast is, I don't know what it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> if talking about Panic at the Disco in 2019 is wrong, I don't want to be right. Mm-hmm. That's the name of a Panic at the Disco song, by the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, this is Fan With. Uh, it's a fan by podcast. Uh, 
Vicky, where can people find you on the internet? <laughs> you can find me on the internet at twitter.com slash Godsua, G-O-D-S-E-W-A, or also uh, under the pseudonym Fanbyte Media, because mm-hmm. we, we make those tweets also. AKA. Uh, yeah. Merit, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, yeah, at Merit K, two R's, two T's, you know me. Mm-hmm. It's Merit K. Yeah. It's Today, very, here we are. The one letter last name does make it very easy to remember, I will say. Like, it's yeah. easier to find and type. Easy. My avatar is uh, Nate Meyer on Elm Street 2. Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Which is one of my favorite horror movies. And depending on who you talk to, one of the worst or one of the best horror movies ever made. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So, this is... Okay, you mentioned the thing thing. Uh, I'm gonna... We'll end the podcast here in just a second. Should we... Hmm... We should, at some point, I feel like... Mm, no, Nikki, I don't know. How open, Nikki... I looked up JPEGs of the thing uh, while you uh-huh. were talking about it, also because I remembered that we were talking about it last week. Uh-huh. Hey, y'all? Uh-huh. What the fuck? It's we... super bad to look at. They spent so much money on the effects in that film, and, like... they look. It looks very good, it but for bad. my eyes? No, it's bad to see. Like yeah. It's bad it's to see. It's good at how... It's very good at being bad because wow, the thing also one of my favorite horror movies of all time. There, the there's my one movie period of all time. It's so. There's one JPEG gosh. here that I'm looking at where the man's head is not attached to his nope. body, but he's got like yeah. a tree coming out of his neck. Uh, k- kinda, yeah. Yeah, there's, so there's a lot of head stuff in that, in that scene. Is that? I'm, I'm, is that? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, Nikki, I would never force you to do something that would make you uncomfortable. But I think a uh, the thing watch pod like like rewatch podcast would be very mm-hmm. fun and cool, uh, especially if you hate this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen, I'm down. Okay, I'll watch it. It'll take me six hours okay. to get through this one hour and forty nine minute long movie. <sighs> Uh, but I'll get there. I don't know if this makes it better or worse, but one of the big things, like one of the kind of like historically interesting things about that movie as a movie is that John Carpenter, who also directed Halloween, like Halloween, the whole ethos of that movie is that you never show the the monster on screen until like the very last second because it's more tense when you don't know where they are. And then he made mm-hmm. the thing and was like, what if I, how do you make a movie where you do the exact opposite of that? Where the monster is always on screen <laughs> and it's just horrible uh, to look at and, and bad, but also can shapeshift into people so it is on screen you just don't know who it is right and everyone in that movie is very smart and like does things that they should in a horror movie and it still doesn't help (laughs) right it's like super sucks because yeah it's a bad situation but yeah kurt russell's character is just like like does all of the things that you're like oh if this were happening here's what i would do and he's like yep i'm doing all those things um and it still breaks super bad. <laughs> okay, wait. So this man was doing... He had a defibrillator, right? Yes. And then he put it on the guy's uh-huh. chest. And then he went to... Oh my god! Went to, um, and then he went to do, he went to do the thing. And then the, his body opened up. And then his hands, they disappeared into... Okay. Man, this uh, is a lot, huh? I don't even think that's the most like a psychologically upsetting thing in that movie. I, but it's still one of my favorite scenes in that in like cinema history. Now it's really good. Leg is a tree. Okay, 
Oh, they yeah, just set the whole room on fire. This seems yeah, yeah. We should probably do this. Yeah, do this. Yeah, I, but again, if you are if you really don't like the this kind of stuff and this would upset you in some way, like let like feel free to bow out. But I think us talking about the thing on a future podcast would be very cool if we did a, a no it's good now because it's using its tongue thing to just drag this disembodied uh-huh. head okay yeah we're gonna okay i think i might be in actually <laughs> <laughs> cool okay uh you can find me <laughs> on twitter <laughs> at steven strom uh s-t-e-v-e-n-s-t-r-o-m you can read all of my good content on uh, fanbite.com we've got a whole lot of stuff uh from e3 as merit was kind enough to mention earlier we've got lots of videos we've got lots of written content we've got guides we've got a cadence of hyrule review that you should read we've got previews i'll have probably a review of another major game out this week i don't think i can talk about it um very much uh well what mm, yeah no i'm not going to talk about it but uh by next week you'll know what i'm talking about but we'll have a review of that up tomorrow uh thanks everybody for listening thank you for all your support thank you for putting up with us last week when we had a very very short episode uh, just kind of like that weird little check-in uh i know people don't love it when that we do those very short like one person pods uh so we tried to make up for a little bit by doing an extra long episode this week so hopefully that helps um who wants to uh send us out today Merritt or nikki Merritt, you should take it okay Thanks for the knowledge. Bye. Bye.